Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diaries of a Homosexual. I'm your host Christian Sigerson and this week Spencer Thomas has come back this week to join us. I'm very excited because, you know, I just moved away to university. I'm living far away from home and I am alone. And so I wanted Spencer to come on here because he's the one of the only people I know that like lives alone in New York City, in university, doing his thing, living his best life. And I'm trying to be like that. So I wanted to bring him on because he would definitely have the best advice, probably have some amazing stories. But without further ado, let's begin. Hello, Spencer. It's so nice to see you again. I, it's literally been a minute. Thank you for having <laughs> me back for round two. No, I'm so excited for today. And I was like, literally so excited to talk to you again because I love hearing your stories and you actually give really good advice too. But I want to know, going to university is a big adjustment. And I know like I just, you know, moved to university. I'm thousands of miles away from home. And I was very lonely for the first like four days. Like I came with my one friend. I'm so glad I came with her because otherwise I would have been so lonely. And like, I feel like to a degree, I still kind of was, you know, because at, back at home, like I'm used to having so many, like, I don't want to be like, oh, I have so many friends, but like I had more than like one, you know, and like I had my family yeah. and everything. I kind of had to learn to like do things on my own because I'm really bad at that. And I will text Brooke every second I get and be like, will you go get breakfast with me? Will you go like go to Walmart with me? And so I want to know, how do you not feel lonely when you're alone? Okay. Um, that's a fun little statement though. You got the, how to not feel lonely when you're alone. Yeah. Here's how I, it. I think that when you're in college, it's inevitable that you're going to be alone at some points in time. And I also think that being lonely is not a bad thing. Being alone is something that you could really find a lot of comfort in. We have to all learn to enjoy our own company to be in college because the reality is you're going to have your classes on a certain schedule that might differ from your friends. You might have to eat lunch alone. You have things you got to do and you're going to be ending up spending time alone. If you have friends in your class and you're always with people, that's great. And that's something that is kind of rare, I think, because a lot of friends I have, we all have completely different schedules. You have to be okay with being alone because it's going to be part of the process. Not even the fact that it's just that you're alone, but you have to enjoy your own company because since you are alone so much in college, you have to enjoy your own company, be happy with who you are, and that will give you a greater appreciation for hanging out with other people. I know for me, I've really taken up my hobbies in my free time. My hobbies, I inc that includes eating, snacks, <laughs> going to the movies, and napping. But I've been in a real movie kick recently. Like I've seen yeah. like four movies in the past two days. So when I have free time and I'm alone and my friends are busy, I just do the things that I'll enjoy. And I really like it because it gives me a peace of mind and I feel comfortable with myself. And it's kind of just like a, a step back from all the craziness and chaos that is college. Yeah. Because college can be loud. So it gives you a chance to just kind of rein in focus. So to compensate for alone time, do things yeah. that bring you joy during that alone time. For me, seeing movies and eating candy in a dark theater alone has really been comforting. That's one of my favorite hobbies too. Yeah, so we're in agreement on that. I don't like a good movie date though. A movie date is only good. Ever go on a date at the movies? Unless it's 
Okay. Like first date, first date. That's fair. I'll agree with you on that. Movie date is okay, but do not go on a first date to a movie theater. You can't okay. talk to them. It's awkward because they're just chewing silently or like trying to, and then you can just hear them crunching. It's awful. As well, I'm, I, w- I wasn't going to say that was my reasoning. I just had a really bad movie date when I was 17. So it's traumatized me since. So did I talk about it with you? Was that who I talked about it with? I'm Cassidy? trying to remember. Maybe you should refresh my uh, mind. Okay. Basically, this story I've told a million times. I feel like it's, it's old, but I had okay. it was one of my first dates with a guy ever. Um, and he took me to see the movie Cats. Um, this was my second time seeing it, by the way, because I already saw it with my friends as a joke. And I was like, fine, we'll see Cats. And then yeah. we left it was so bad and we got Panera and this was the first time I ever kissed a guy and he was like let's hook up in your car and I look at him and I go hook up like sex because <laughs> I didn't want meant sex and I was like I was like no I was like absolutely not and he was like Spencer no and at this point I already wolfed down like an entire bowl of tomato soup and like one of those bread bowls of mac and cheese from Panera like yeah. I was so we go in my car and I put on Conan Gray's Maniac, um, just the song on repeat. It didn't playlist or anything. It was just on repeat. And we kissed and it was, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to kiss anyone at this point. I was 17. And let's just say it was a really bad kiss. And I remember stepping back and I had to like wipe away like the saliva because I was so oh, no. And then I was also told by that same boy that later that night that I was a bad kisser. And I said to him, I was like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Sorry, but like, I don't, I feel like logistically, I shouldn't have to like wipe away your spit. That's graphic. Yeah, that's on him too, to be honest. Or at least like when you're doing that. Oh, like, I, hope he sees this. I, hope I hope I hope he sees this. I you're hope a, so too, honestly. You need to be, like, you need to be better at kissing. You were bad too. Let's 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 stop blaming me here, okay? You were bad too. Let's let's be real. <laughs> movie dates are not really my thing because of that. I would go on a movie date, but never the first date. Why do you think that some people feel the need to always be with people? Because they hate the sound of their own thoughts. Um, <laughs> sorry, that's dark, but it's true. I think yeah. that I said this to you earlier the other day. Um, in high school, being alone is looked down upon, right? And we were told don't be it's like kind of like you kind of stick in groups yeah and older you realize that's bullshit because there's nothing wrong with alone time and if someone's judging you for being alone or for spending time with yourself then they're a fucking weirdo because who the hell would care enough to go say to someone else oh they're alone all the time who cares yeah who cares I think alone time is the healthiest time you're going to have in college because it's so loud and so crazy and so chaotic. You need that ability to step back and be with yourself and your thoughts and have time to just debrief. Um, so I would say also people are scared of being alone because they are scared of their own thoughts. If you're always with people and everything's so chaotic and there's always something to be focusing on, you can't ever just stop and look at yourself in the mirror and think about your life and who you are. Yeah. I feel like all of us in our lives have done that in a way, you know, is get sucked into the noise of everything just because we were trying to avoid something. And sometimes that's not the case at all. Sometimes people just really love hanging out with other people, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But even then you can't burn out your social battery. You have to take time for yourself. Like you have to, it's just healthy at that point. Yeah. Have you ever had someone approach you while you're you were alone? No. Like any interesting interactions? I wish. Um, 
the dream would have someone approach me while I'm alone at a coffee shop and they look at me and they're like, hey, and, I, and I'm like, hi. And then they say, are you single? And I say, yes. And then they <laughs> buy me I don't know, a fucking coffee. That is the dream. The reality is, is um, that doesn't happen. And if it has happened to you, um, I'm extremely bitter about that. So um, no, has that happened to you? Honestly, I feel like I'm kind of codependent in a way where I am still learning to do things alone and I have a very hard time of doing things alone because I always feel like I need someone to be there and I don't want people to judge me even though they're like literally no one would be judging me and I don't judge people who I see that are eating alone I'm not like oh like what a loser like I honestly sometimes I'm like oh like why are they alone like it's mysterious. That that, that's an element of allure to your personality I think it's not a bad thing to be alone I've been advocating this for weeks weeks months years whatever but like I think alone time is probably the healthiest time you can have to yourself in college because it can be so chaotic and overwhelming and it can get so loud that when you're alone and you spend time with yourself, you first off have to force yourself to like your own company. Yeah. Which is, you know, a foundation to, you know, living it all. Um, and second, you have to not only enjoy your own company, but you, it, it makes you appreciate having the people around you when you do have them. And then you also appreciate the quietness when you do have time to yourself to think and reflect. So it's really healthy. Um, and for anyone who's in college right now, who is in this cycle of where they don't want to be alone and oh my God, if what if people think I'm alone, blah, blah, blah. If someone is like all bent out of shape or is like judging you for being alone, then they're a loser because the reality is, is who cares? Like genuinely, who the hell cares? It isn't, you know, a big deal. And a lot more people are alone than you think in their everyday lives. And it's really just part of life. What do you think makes people feel like they need to have someone with them? I mean, I think it's the fear of judgment. Yeah. And I think it goes back to high school. This is something I thought about the other day. In high school, being alone is looked at really poorly. And I saw a TikTok the other day of some girl who was like, you know that trend where it's like, don't be shy, you should at me, where it's like someone's like, you know? Yeah, yeah. It was a girl and it was like some video on Snapchat of someone that filmed of her alone in the library. And they were like, ooh, loser, she's alone. And then the girl was like, don't be shy, you should at me. And it's this repetitive regurgitated bullshit from high school where people judge others that are alone and kind of you ride in packs with other people it stems from like years of all this nonsense of people telling you that being alone is bad you should have all these friends you should have this posse and you should have people around you and as you get older that's you realize it's all a facade you kind of have to like distinguish that you're no longer in high school the problems of high school don't apply to college some do there's a lot of that happens in college it is very high school oriented and you're kind of like this is so high school but when it comes to being alone this is just the one of those things where it's like completely normal and if anyone's judging you for it they're weird and they're a weirdo and <laughs> they're a weirdo like why who cares um and finally not healthy to constantly be with people all the time you have to realize that 
if you're with someone all the time, constantly, like when are you going to have time for yourself? One and two, when will you have time just to think and breathe and, you know, fully let your guard down? I find when you're around someone for so long, you almost like become each other and pick up traits of each other. And that's not always a good thing, especially if they're not necessarily someone that you look up to or would want to be, you know, like you truly are a bunch of impressions of other people. And I feel like there are things about myself that I realize I've picked up from other people or I'm like, oh, I really like that about that person. And then I've kind of adopted it into my own personality. And I think it's like interesting to do that, but also you want to make sure that you're hanging around the right people. And if you're not like, you don't want to become them. You know what I mean? That's a good point. That's a a greater question of make sure you hang, not question, but make sure you hang out with people that you like and look up to. And if you're with pack of people that you don't want to emulate and don't want to be like, then your priorities are not in the right place because no matter what it is, it's like, if you're with someone for long enough, as you said, you kind of do morph a little bit. You like pick up mannerisms and stuff and vice versa and have inside jokes and all this stuff. Um, So that's a whole other thing, but yeah. yeah. Now in college so far, have you had experiences with friends that you've kind of realize that you don't want to be their friend or they're not necessarily good for you and you need to cut this person off or you need to distance yourself from this person can you tell me a little bit about an experience like that you're gonna get me in trouble on here um <laughs> me in, you're gonna get me in trouble but you're gonna get me in trouble um yes uh a few people i realized you know last year that a lot of uh what happened of my life and of college is I was kind of complacent for, you know, certain events and things. And I let things happen and I was trying to brush things off and be the bigger person, which is good. It is good to be a bigger person. Yeah. Unless that is doing harm to yourself. So for me, some situations I was in is I was being, you know, too lax and just letting things brush off my shoulder just to be the bigger person. And that was hurting me. And I like felt it. So this year, I've reevaluated a lot of the situations I've been in and I've put a bit of an arm's distance at a lot of the thing, people that I don't want to be in my life anymore or situations that are just too messy to deal with. And it's really liberating because I just feel like this weight lifted of, yeah, I really enjoyed my time with that person. Yeah. I really cared about them and I was really happy to have them in my life for this time being, but I feel a lot better now knowing that it was part of my past and is not part of my life today. Not even just situations and friends, but in general, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot less pressure to be yourself and to be authentic in who you are when all the people and all the things that are kind of like, kind of making it feel, how do I put this? Sometimes when there's people in your life that aren't really there for you and aren't authentic and you know they're unhealthy relationships, you feel embarrassed to be yourself to an extent yeah people kind of fall out of place and you put that distance there's a lot less embarrassment and it's really nice just to be more in touch with yourself without fear of someone else shitting on you for being yourself you know what I mean yeah did you ever notice your personality almost changing when you were with them like you would consciously act in a way that you think they would think is cool or would admire and the answer is yes but it wasn't my friends who did this to me. It was my older roommates who did this to me. Because if you didn't watch our last episode we did, 
go watch it. We talked about college, my freshman year, now sophomore, um, and my crazy roommate um, who filled my entire water bottle up with melatonin just for funsies and I got really sick and he didn't tell me. He did a lot of crazy other things too, which you can hear all about on the other podcast. Anyways, um, when I lived with these three like frat finance bros, I felt a lot of my own sense of security fall away. My sense of being in touch with my femininity and being okay with being gay and all these things that I've been so proud of and worked so hard to feel complete in. You know, I was so proud of myself in high school and who I was and that completely all crumbled away. And I was really embarrassed with myself for letting these boys dictate how I felt about my sexuality. All of a sudden I was reverting back to old methods and patterns. Am I being too gay? Am I being too flamboyant? Am I moving my hands around too much when I speak? Am I dressing too feminine? How do I dress more like a man? How do I be more masculine? And I asked myself these questions and then I kind of started changing my life up a little bit to appease what I was being told by these boys I was living with who were telling me all this stuff about how I'm being too gay and I'm too much of a girl and I'm all these things. And um, I felt so insecure, so I changed them. My life, even now, even though I'm very comfortable with my sexuality and who I am now, I don't think I'll ever be exactly who I was before I lived with those boys because, you know, it was so toxic and I uh, really changed myself to appease some mold. And I felt so validated when they would say to me, Spencer's a cool gay. He's not like the other gays. And Spencer is normal now. They would say, oh, he's normal now. And I felt so validated. And then I would be hurt when they would be like, oh, he's acting gay or, oh, I hate living with a gay roommate, which I've heard several times. I was, I completely, it was not, it's deeper than a friendship. I completely changed myself to appease other people because I, I felt embarrassed about my sexuality. And I was being told that who I was, was not, you know, something to be proud of. I'm not proud of that time of my life that was last um, spring. And it immediately, a weight lift was, was lifted when I moved out of that dorm. It was something that I really struggled with. And I'm really proud of my sexuality and I'm really proud of who I am and what I stand for. But there was a moment for a couple months where I was completely embarrassed by my sexuality and you know acting feminine and all these things just because I was being told that I uh, was an embarrassment. So yeah, do you uh, ever feel like it made you comfortable or uncomfortable um, if you were, let's say, in public with like a guy? In any case, like, would you have held hands with a guy at that point in your life? No, absolutely not. There was no one's hand to hold. To be to be fair, but <laughs> um, no. I was so, so set on them approving of me that I completely just shut out an entire side of my life and kind of, I took down old photos on Instagram of me at prom when I had makeup on and I took down old photos of me when I did like a euphoria photo shoot with my friends when I was like 17, because they were, they were making fun of it. And I, you know, I, I, I completely changed my entire life just to fit some mold. So three straight guys could approve of me which I'm not proud of and is a low blow. And it's embarrassing to me that I let myself fall to that you know, level, but it's true. And now I'm not like that. And I would hope that I'll never be like that again. Um, actually a week ago, I did 
unarchive all my old photos of myself from high school that I deleted and hid because they told me I looked too gay in them. So proud of myself for that That's one. That's awesome. And to undo some of the damage that was done. So yeah. Yeah, it, they put you through like literal hell from the sounds of it and treated you so poorly. How did you, like, what were some of the steps that you took to kind of recover from that? Like, how did you get to where you are now by like putting up those old photos and kind of chipping away at the internalized homophobia that they kind of created in you in a way? That's a good question. It started with re-examining my identity and who I was before all of the shit went down. By shit, I mean living with these boys that tormented me for months on end for being gay. The first thing I kind of went through was like a deep dive of all these old videos of myself when I was like 17, 16, back when I was in Catholic school, which was a really messy situation being gay at a Catholic school. Don't recommend. Um, not that anyone has a choice if they're in that situation, but don't recommend, not a good time. And I remember how defiant I was to fight any sort of pushback from the school towards my sexuality. Cause there was a lot of stuff that happened in Catholic school that I don't talk about often. Um, but I really fought hard just so kids could feel accepted. And I remember how defiant I was. And I was upset because I knew that the 17 year old me, 16 year old me would be so mad at 19 year old me for getting trampled on yeah. just for the approval of some mediocre boy, mediocre boys, plural. Um, so I re-examined a lot of my life from before college and re-examined what I stood for and all the things I would say online on TikTok. And I went through a lot of my writing stuff because I'm a writer. Technically, that's my career, I'd say. And I started writing again and getting in touch with my own personal voice. And it took a couple months to really unpack a lot of what happened and how I can move forward. And that's when we met. And then we had our podcast for the first time back in July. Wasn't yes. it July? It was July, which was awesome. That was really fun. And that's why I was like, we got to do round two. By July, it was really in a lot better of a place. And now it's going to be October in a couple of days. And by the time you're watching this, it will be October. And my life is a lot more solid. And I feel a lot better with who I am. So it just took a lot of revisiting the past and figuring out who the fuck I was and yeah. how I wanted to be. And figuring out who you are is something that you're going to have to do over a lifetime because you also change, I feel like, every year. I look back at even grade 11 Chris J or like grade 12 Chris J and I'm like, that is embarrassing. Snapchat memories needs to be erased because... Oh, I know. It's horrendous. Snapchat, like... In capture captures every single memory I want to forget of my childhood and I'm constantly reminded of my entire childhood because of this stupid app what was your middle school nickname did you have one people now like will call me KJ you didn't have like a mean nickname people called you tsunami hair gay J wait KJ <laughs> is really good who came <laughs> up with that KJ is really good at my, this is funny you say that, at my freshman year dance, not my freshman year, but the uh, introduction, introduction to freshman year, you know how there's like a transition dance in eighth grade and like everyone goes, and yeah. it's like a soon to be freshman, because for me, they combined two schools. So there's my town and then the other town and they combined. And I thought 
perfect. I'm gonna have so many new friends, it's gonna be awesome. And we're a new friend groups, new vibe, new town. No. All the friend groups that were awful just merged and became bigger cells. Oh no. And I still had no friends. But at the transition dance, I was determined to look cool. And so I would have friends. And I showed up in my parka, my black Yeezys back when I had Yeezys. I had a, <laughs> I had a bit of like a shoe buff face. And I also wore dark denim jeans, like navy jeans, black shoes, which I learned recently that's a bad combo. Never navy and black, apparently. My friends told me that. Um, really? Pro yeah, tip. I think pro tip, don't wear navy and black. Um, I'm no, I'm no fashion pro, but I was told that, and I kind of just stick to it. Um, they just, um, and then at the dance, they're like, "Do you want to take your jacket off?" And I was like, "No," because I didn't want to show skin. I was embarrassed, so I wore my thick parka the entire night, and I had my Yeezys on and the jeans, and I, I was made fun of relentlessly. Um, and they were just jealous of your drip. Everyone, exactly. Everyone thought I was selling drugs because I looked like a drug dealer is what I was told because they said that people thought I had drugs stuffed in my jacket because it was like I had this thick, thick jacket and like someone came up to me and they were like, are you selling drugs? And I was like 14 and eighth grade and I was just wanting to make friends and I was like, Aww. so bad. I was heartbroken. The dance was a bust too because they actually like the fucking DJ booth broke. So they turned on all the lights and we had to sit against the wall, um, which was really awkward. But I did meet my best friend at that dance who didn't care that I looked like a loser. And we are still best friends today. The sign so, of a real friend. Oh my God. She saw the Yeezys, the Navy jeans, like boot cut. And she's, and then she saw the parka and ate an 80 degree dance floor. And she wanted to be my friend. So that's a nice that's story. Awesome. It's kind of crazy oh, how you have to like figure out all these things on your own now. Like that's a big thing about university for me. If I need something or I need to do something, I can't just be like, mom, can you help me? Like, I don't know how to do this. And like, she'll do it for me like that. Speak for yourself. I call my mom every hour. I have my mom on speed. I'm like, Cynthia, I'm like, okay. I'm like, listen, here's the situation. My mom knows every single one of my problems. She knows my ins and outs of my life. And my mom also knows like literally everything about my friends because I tell her everything. Yeah. My mom also, I have, a, I have a theory. I have a working theory. Okay. Working theory is this. Mothers... Um, have this weird intuition where they know if your friend is toxic before you do. Like I've had right. friends. Yeah, it's really crazy. So I've had friends, you know, that I've known for years. And my mom's always been like, they're bad. They're bad people. And I'm always like, no, they're not. They're great. And then they turn out to be like really bad people. And something happens. And my mom's like, told you so. Yeah. And Cynthia is iconic. Cynthia won't say it outright, like I told you so. But she's kind of like, I've been saying this for years, you know? It yeah. happens. I haven't literally last year. I had a friend who I was obsessed with. I had, I had a friend who I was really, really close with. And she like did some really bad, nasty shit. And my mom was like, called it. And I was like, you technically have been saying you, this friend was, uh, you know, not the nicest for years. And I just didn't see yeah. it. So I don't know. My mom, she has some weird intuition. I think, I think moms kind of just know what's up. It's but anyway, mother's intuition. Even, even though if you're on your own, even though you're an adult, I call my mom constantly, constantly. <laughs> um, Cynthia knows too much. She knows too much. But um, yeah, I think college can be, it's, it's a lot of, you know, you know, figuring out stuff on your own, which is good. It's necessary 
but anyways, was back to what, what were you saying? Cause I, I cut you off. Sorry. You got me no on. No worries. Trip. No worries. Uh, I, I wanted to know though, how has it been getting older, you know, and doing, get, living your own life entirely your life when you're younger is controlled by your parents to a degree. Whereas now you may, even though you rely on your mom a lot, which is great to have that relationship with your mom, you at the end of the day could technically just do whatever you want because you're kind of like an adult now. Yeah. I feel old. Um, although I'm not old, I'm turning 20 in a month. My birthday is November 7th. So I turn 20 soon. Um, and there's this looming sense of dread to be turning 20, which I don't know that happens. I'm not, I'm okay with being 20. I didn't like 19. So I'm happy I can be going into another birthday, you know, another year, but I don't really like the thought of getting older as much as I used to. When I was like seven, eight, I was obsessed with the idea of growing up and being in New York city and having a career and doing all these things that I wanted to do. That was all I thought about. It's all I lived. It's all I wrote about was my life when I'm older. And when I had these bad situations in middle school and high school, and I had no friends and what was me, I'm gay. And like, I'm in Catholic school, you know, all these like mixed emotions. I just kept thinking I'm going to be in college. I'm going to be older and life will be better. And yes, life is better. I am in college. I am in New York city. I have been doing i'm writing which is i'm writing stuff and i'm going to try to publish it and i'm doing everything younger me would want me to do and then i realized that i didn't take i took a lot of my life for granted the simplicity of being a kid and not having any responsibility and being at home and then your dad comes home from work and you have dinner and christmas you know and back when you believed in santa and everything everything was so magical vacation and spending time with your grandparents. I took a lot of that for granted because I had an all right job this summer and I quit because my grandma got sick yeah. and she passed back in God, it's going to be more than a month now, August. And I lived with my grandma for some time and, you know, she was my sister, my mom, my best friend. I was very close with her. Um, and it's really weird because I never thought this day would come. So especially with her no longer being in my life, I'm dreading this loss of my childhood. And I also lost my dog back in March, my dog, Boris, who was was like my rock, you know, Mm -hmm. you get older and things change. You lose people you love, you lose animals you love, you know, you don't have your, I don't have my childhood house anymore. I don't, I can't go back to my childhood house where I grew up for 18 years, like stuff like that. Like I took that for granted. I wish I appreciated where I grew up more and my family and the life I had, because if I knew that it was never going to be so simple again, then I probably would have not wanted to grow up so fast. I'm turning 20 in a month. That got really heavy for a minute, but I'm turning 20 in a month. And that's all I think about is I'm so appreciative for the childhood I had, you know, with my family and with the people that really helped raise me. And I wish... I didn't take it for granted. And there's this loss of, it's this heaviness of now that I'm turning, I'm getting older. So is everyone else around me and what next? That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. I mean, it's a big adjustment and I definitely relate to that. You know, we just actually sold my childhood home like a few months ago that I had lived in my entire life. 
And it was really different, especially when I went back to it and the grass has not been cut. It looks horrendous. Like it actually looks like a jungle and like- That would, that would, that would, get, that would fuck me up. That would really get in my head. That yeah. Would get- and they were digging up the lawn and like, it was crazy to see. And it was weird. Cause like, I couldn't just go in the driveway. You know what I mean? Like I would be trespassing because I don't live there anymore. And then I went to my neighbor's house or my old neighbor's house who was like my best friend. And we like hung out there, but then I didn't just walk home after I like drove 30 minutes back home, you know? And it's, it's a big adjustment. And I definitely agree. Like, I think I took my childhood for granted a lot of the time and it was very easy and you know like as cringy as I was and as different as it was you know like I am very happy with where I am now it was so much simpler and so much easier and everything most things were taken care of and you just didn't really have the same worries that I feel like we do now especially managing our own lives and I think specifically with university and college like it gets so hard to focus on school sometimes and I think that's that's why a lot of people can find it like it's such a big adjustment because you're managing school which is already hard enough plus your own life and a lot of kids haven't lived on their own before ever and now they're doing their own laundry sometimes fucking up their laundry like I now have a pink shirt I know how to do laundry but like it just, I don't know what the fuck I did, but now I have like- color. Pink is a very cool color. I'm sure it's a like, great. Oh, it's not here, but it's like spots, like pink spot. It's awful. With everything that you have to do kind of alone, especially if you move away from university, it can just be a lot for people. And I would love to hear your advice to people who are, you know, in a, maybe a new city, new surrounding, and just want to get their shit together. Okay. Yeah, here we go. The idea of losing your child at home is tough. I get it, you know, and then seeing other people live there and not being able to drive up and walk in the front door. That is a feeling that it feels so distant. And yet you feel so close to that house and to that life that you once had, but yet it feels so far away. And with college, a lot of people are picking up their life and moving to new cities. Um, I'm lucky. I don't live far from New York City. Right? Mm-hmm. So I have the ability, the luxury of traveling back and forth if I want to. But my sister, for example, I'm a twin, if anyone didn't know, she's all the way in Boston. So it's like a three hour drive for her. When you're farther away from school, especially if you're like across the country, the environment you're in can feel very foreign and it can feel very isolating and anxiety provoking. So my best advice to that, and I can't answer it to the best of my ability because I didn't pick up and move my entire life super far away. I only moved like an hour and a half. My best advice is you really can't escape that feeling. You can't run from it. You have to sit in that feeling of, yes, I'm in a new place. Yes, it's all new to me and I'm scared and I'm nervous, but it's also exciting. My entire life, I can shape it from here. I can be who I want to be. I can make the friends that I've always wanted to make. I can do more and be the person that I maybe was back at home, but wasn't to the fullest extent. Or maybe this is the first time you're really truly in touch with yourself. There's a lot of freedom and that can be really empowering and liberating, I'd say. Then there's that side of the token where it's like, 
appreciate the life you had if it was a good one. If you didn't have a good childhood, which I know I have a lot of friends who had some pretty messed up childhoods. Yeah. Fresh chapter, fresh page. I feel really fortunate to have um, grown up in a good family that like was really, was always about acceptance. And my family was really supportive of my own coming out. And I would say, appreciate your roots, appreciate your home and don't take the people in your life for granted that care for you. If I could go back, then I would appreciate every minute I had of my grandmother. Every second, every minute, every letter she wrote me, every single card, every single, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to Taylor Swift for a minute. I love Taylor Swift, you guys know that. You know, every single grocery list item, which she sings about on her song Marjorie on Evermore, her most underappreciated album and by far her best, sorry, it's true, Evermore is her best album, maybe folklore, but whatever. But in that song, she's singing about her grandmother who passed away and is talking about crumpled up receipts and grocery lists and how she left all her dreams to her, to Taylor. And that idea of, I would have appreciated every moment so much more if I knew you'd one day be gone, is something we all should take a page out of that playbook because yeah. life does change and people do come and go. And the only constant in your life is you and the way you take care of yourself. You have to appreciate everything, especially in college, appreciate the new life you have, but appreciate the old one too. I know yeah. for me, I had, I had a really tough time with friends growing up and uh, with my acceptance with my body and my sexuality. I really did not like the way I looked growing up and the way I was perceived and looking at the good moments in my childhood and reflecting on those, being nostalgic over those has really healed a part of myself that I uh, needed to work on for a very long time. That's why I've been so nostalgic. And that's why I'm kind of scared of getting older because it's kind of like, yes, I'm so excited for my career and my life and the memories I'm going to make, but it's also coming at the cost of what I've known and what I've grown up with will no longer yeah. exist. And one day the people that are in my life will no longer be here. And that feeling is a really tough feeling to sit with. Um, yeah. Not to be too heavy, but that's just how I feel. Uh, like, obviously you're still dealing with the fact that, yeah. you know, we're getting older and things are changing. You're still kind of like accepting the fact, which, you know, is difficult, but is there anything you've learned so far in that kind of journey that you think could be beneficial for someone else going through the same thing? I would say, well, not only being in touch with your past and with finding peace with a lot of the things that are of your past in your childhood, I would also say that even as we're growing older, stop asking yourself, what's next, what's next, what's next? Sit in the moment and let it just exist. Yeah. I mean, I hate, I know this is so cliche and I hate saying it. My dad said it to me on the phone the other day, but it's truly like the destination yeah, that's the goal, right? But it's really all about the process of getting to that place, which I know it's cliche. I know it's fucking, every, we've heard it a fucking million times. I get it. I know, whatever. But it's true. Cliches are cliches for a reason. It's true. But the memories you make and the people you meet along the way and the stories you can tell, I'm a very nostalgic person, as you can tell, and, and gay. Um, but it's truly all about the process of getting to those places, not necessarily the destination. Because I told myself when I was 10, I said, all I wanna do is be in New York City and write, have a career. And now I'm 19, I live in New York City. I've been going to school for more than a year. 
I had, I, I thought that if you had a thousand followers on Instagram, it meant you're famous and I have a platform and I yeah. never thought I'd have people even listening to me remotely at all. Oh my God. The, the, I'm so thankful that I've ever, the fact that I've ever, the fact that you were even doing this podcast right now, I'm so thankful for that opportunity because I know the 10 year old of me would be screaming, you know, to be able to be on a podcast and someone would be interviewing them about, you know, what their life and their experiences. Yeah. And then when I write things, I'm a writer, you know, at heart and I'm working on a book, which keep your eyes peeled. That's so exciting. I'm not, it's nowhere near done, but I'm going to, I'm working back on revamping my website and putting my work back up on there. And I'm going to like teasers for this book that you can give right now. Okay. Okay. All I can say is think gay and coming of age. It's all I'm going to say. I'm just going to give you the genre coming of age okay. and it's for the gays. Is it fiction? Of course it's fiction. Okay. I'm my entire life. So instead of, since I'm single, my, I've been single my entire life, instead of, you know, writing from experience, I'm writing from a place of what I would want my life to be if it was perfect. Um, and so you it's a lot so of, many artists do that. And it's, it's a like, lot of, uh, yeah, there's parts of my truth of my personal life in that story that I'm working on, but it's a lot of fiction because yeah. I cannot speak on behalf of having a boyfriend, which there's a love interest in the story. And I cannot speak on behalf of romantic in high school because I went to Catholic school and I hated it. So um, it's, you know, just something I'm working on and I'm really proud of it. And when it's done, it'll be done. And back to what I was saying is um, I want to, before I get off topic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm writing more. I'm in college. I have a platform. I'm doing what I would want to do. Stop rushing towards the destination. Life will come and go. Things change and just sit and breathe, even though that might be really hard and just accept that everything will work out and just try to be in the moment. That would be yeah. mine. I love literally everything you said. And I'm so happy that you've kind of found yeah. writing, you know, and just really dove into that. Um, I'm so excited for <sighs> this book whenever it is finished. I will definitely That's be- a long while away. I got it. Okay, I can wait. I, can, I waited years for Stranger cool. Things season four. So obviously you have a lot going on. Have you found it hard to manage- school and you know writing your book and social media and living your life like how do you know first of all when you need to take a break second of all how do you kind of organize what you have to do oh that's a good question my life is crazy hectic but i also have friends whose lives are five times more hectic than mine so i put it into perspective i'm like spencer i'm like you know what i don't have class tomorrow for example because um my teacher canceled it so like I could cry a river and be like, I'm so busy, but I also don't have class tomorrow. So I'll probably sleep until 1 p.m. So yeah. it could always be a lot crazier is what I tell myself. And this new thing I've been trying, it's kind of crazy, guys. It's a really new age theory. It's called structure. <laughs> it turns out that when you go to bed early and wake up at a regular hour and go to class and try to eat healthy, it turns out that actually does make a difference. Who would have thought that going to bed at 11 is better than going to bed at 3 a.m.? couldn't be me and it's been a real game changer it works it works for a reason there's a reason everyone tells you to you know keep an agenda i think it's just hard to actually do it but if you actually do it it's really beneficial you just have to like keep up with it i put all my assignments into an app and so i just literally have it for the rest of the year it's incredible jealous i'm not that productive no i saw something somewhere that said it's only embarrassment if you claim it which i Ooh, love I like 
heard that before. It is only embarrassment if you claim it. Yeah. And some are truly embarrassing. They are. It's truly embarrassing. Throwing up on the skydiving instructor midair was embarrassing. I thought I told you this. It's not something I'm proud of. We're approaching the one year of that, by the way. October last year, yeah, I went skydiving in Las Vegas and I threw up all over the guy in the midair. Oh my gosh. We were spinning like this, though, to be fair. And I didn't understand the intensity of the vertigo. Yeah. I threw up everywhere. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good day. Um it was wasn't he like day. nice about it? No. He like yelled at me. It was it was bad. Oh I know. I cried. I was crying because I was happy to be on the ground, but I was also like throughout was all over the suit. Um <laughs> he took back to the house to wash it. It was it was a weird day. Oh but anyways, some things are just embarrassing. And you know what? You just gotta laugh it off. Yeah. I'll laugh it off. My fault. Exactly. It's like, it's not always funny in the moment, but if you look back on it, like in a day or two, it'll be okay. We just gotta stop being so hard on ourselves, which is, that's coming from me, which says a lot because I'm very hard on myself. Like I'm like a pro at that, but it's healthy just to, you have to, it's just not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I need to work on that, honestly, just not being as embarrassed and like caring less about what people think. I think overall, I'm a very confident person but I still do care what people think to a degree about certain things. I can't help it. I mean, especially since you're on, you're like posting on TikTok and people are seeing your face and you have a podcast. Yeah. I mean, even now I'm like adjusting my hair while we're on this Zoom call because mm-hmm. I want to make sure my hair looks good for the people that watch this podcast. You know, I think that everyone's so hard on themselves, myself included, and we might care still. And that's part of life. And we have to actively try to just be less hard on ourselves which yeah. is admittedly way easier said than done i'm coming i have a long way to go with that but the, the important thing is you can acknowledge that and so you're working on it so yeah well spencer thank you so so much for coming on today i really appreciate it thank you all so much for watching this thank you for having me i adore you i'm so proud of you you're in college now <laughs> all grown up guys all right before i head off i just want to say please follow me at Spencer Thomas with two R's on TikTok. Um, that is where I post, you know, my life and whatnot. Doing a new series on there about college. It's fun. Check it out. My Instagram is sqiti, S-S-Q-U-I-T-I. And then my Twitter is also Spencer Thomas, two R's. Um, I'm working on writing. My website's going to be up and running soon again with all my writing. So stay tuned for that. And thank you. I love you. And I will see you most likely on another podcast next time I'm on here because you better bet there's going to be a round. There will be more to come. Anyways, thank you. Love you all. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed that episode. Spencer is amazing, and I'm so glad that he came on. But also, don't forget, rate the podcast. Five stars. It's not that hard. Please. It's all I want in life. Just rate the podcast five stars. It. I swear, it's really not that hard. Like, it's really not that hard. You just press a button, press five stars, and you give me endless joy. You know in school when they were like, fill other people's buckets, don't pour people's buckets out. Fill my bucket by rating the podcast five stars. Thank you. Anyways, thank you for joining us today. I hope you had an amazing time. I hope you learned something. I'll see you next week with a very interesting episode. Bye homos.